Hello and welcome to Ion Princeton. This podcast is dedicated to informing city residents like you about the happenings here in Princeton, Texas. Each episode will help you find the things you need to know to navigate in and around the city. We keep our eye out for businesses that are coming to town, road construction updates, city ordinances, and public safety. We also like to highlight local residents that live in the city. Right now, we'll hand things off to your host and Princeton resident, Mitchell Chase. Thank you, GP. Greg Price there. And today we are with the Honorable Mayor Pro Tem, Stephen Defabaugh. You just call me Stephen. Is that right? That's fine. Then there we go. You call me Mitchell, and uh, away we go. You have been the mayor for two terms. Yes, sir. Uh, You're currently in place five. So we could just say you've you've been on the city council as a mayor and a place member for a while. For a while, since since, uh, 2010. Walk us through, especially with somebody who's new, how the city council works. The place members, the mayor. Well, currently everyone is elected at large. We have um, five place members plus the mayor. And like I said, each person is at large. We decided to choose places because it made it easier whenever we're uh, for voting and for elections and everything for people to choose. And that way you actually have an opponent because if not, in prior years, everyone ran at large. And if you had like uh, three openings, then whoever the three highest vote getters that's who were elected this time it made a little bit more competitive to to have actual places so you actually whenever you're going to run for an office you have to actually choose which place you want to run and sometimes you have an opponent sometimes you won't and so it makes it easier now as we grow and if we ever become home rule we'll probably change that where we'll actually have certain geographic areas that we'll be responsible for as far as the places go and which i think will be nice for you, in your place, place five, the election for that place comes up in 2023? Uh, yes, sir. If somebody has a, uh, you know what, I want to talk to the city council. I know the meetings, uh, is it twice a month on Monday nights? On Monday nights, the uh, second and fourth Mondays. So somebody wants to come and address the council, it's pretty simple, isn't it? It is real simple. They, whenever they come into the council meeting, of course, the council meeting starts at 630 and they should always uh, arrive early because they have to go through a, a security check before they come in. Usually a, a table pretty close to where they come in at is going to be the agenda. And then also a form in which they can fill out to state that they want to speak to the city council and actually put what topic they want to speak about. They can speak about anything they want to. It does not necessarily have to be on the agenda because they might have a, a complaint about something where they live at that's not on the agenda. And if they want to speak to us, uh, they have three minutes, and they can come before the city council and speak for three minutes. And normally, we do not address them or re- respond back. It's not a right. It's not a two-way conversation. We just hear what they have to say, and then many times we'll actually uh, have the city staff to actually put that on the next agenda if we need to, or to follow up on it, and, uh, whatever their concerns were. Now, if they uh, decide they, if it's something that's on the agenda. They can actually waive their time at the beginning of the council and ask to speak whenever that agenda item comes up. Whenever we're actually discussing it, and then we can actually hear what they have to say. And at that time, whenever we're discussing it, we might be able to address some of their issues or some of their concerns at that time. Thanks for explaining that. You know, I wanted to also remind people that you can watch the meetings on video. They They do stream it, and they can actually go to the city website and get that information 
And also, if they miss it, they can actually they have an archive in which they can go back and look at it and review it. And I know it because I just want to give her a plug, but Tanisha Turner, the uh, community engagement uh, director, she does a good job at making sure that people have access to that. I just want to give her some kudos. She does do an excellent job at that. In the city, so at a council meeting, uh, supposing there, there's a suggestion or right, they come up with a new code or a new law, how does that happen? In general, all cities are, are limited on what we can do on how we can have ordinances because we can only do whatever state law allows us to do. Versus a home rule city, you can actually develop and have your own ordinance in things. And in fact, people can actually have referendums and request ordinances and request things and, and uh, you know come before the council. But under general law city, we're very limited on what we do. It's kind of like a county. Lots of counties don't understand that, that counties do, do not have ordinance-making powers except for under certain circumstances. They cannot make ordinances in counties. But cities are in general law cities, we're limited on what ordinances we can actually do. We have to follow whatever the state law says. Whenever we get home rule, uh, we'll be able to change that somewhat. Uh, we'll be able to create our ordinances that we need for the city, whatever the ordinances you know, whatever the issue may be. And, of course, you know, whenever you do ordinances like a, a speed law, the state of Texas says in a city municipal streets, the speed limit is 30 miles an hour unless otherwise posted. Okay? So they don't have to post a, a speed limit sign that says 30 miles an hour. If you're in the city limits, it's 30 miles an hour on city streets unless otherwise posted. And if we need to lower that speed limit or increase it, then we have to do a, actually study we actually have to have traffic counters out there. We have to. There's certain things you have to do before you actually change that ordinance. Right. You know, we just don't go out there and arbitrarily and just say, okay, we, okay, let's just change it. Let's drop it ten miles an hour. Let's drop this. We need to actually do a study. There's a, a process to that. You that, do the there study. Is, there's a process on any of the ordinances because even in the ordinances, we have to make sure it goes through our legal department to make sure it conforms with whatever the ordinance is going to be. Whatever the what do we need to do like. You know, it might be a nuisance abatement or noise abatement. You know, we have to conform and do whatever the state law allows us to do on that. You know, uh, like uh, just recently, New Year's Eve, you probably had a lot of fireworks being discharged yes. in, in your neighborhood. Well, we had a lot of fireworks being discharged everywhere, more than in years past. And it's a violation of the law by ordinance to discharge fireworks within the city limits of Princeton. However, though, there's lots of people who didn't comply with that, and the officers were being run ragged trying to follow up on these calls, and they did an excellent job on what they could do, but uh, but they're limited on, on responding. And plus, it's a Class C misdemeanor, so you actually have to see the person doing it before they can issue a citation. That's very interesting because, now, I was looking at Texas law. Didn't they have till 1 a.m. on New Year's Day or July 4th? You're talking about the sale of fireworks. You can discharge fireworks in the state of Texas year-round. The sale of fireworks, like on July the 4th, fireworks has to be, you cannot sell fireworks after midnight on July the 4th, and not, and you can't sell them after midnight on Ju- January the 1st, New Year's Day. You have to quit selling fireworks, but you can discharge them year-round. But the city of Princeton doesn't allow the use of fireworks. Right. All the time. Most municipalities in the state of Texas have ordinances against the discharge of fireworks. And there are several reasons, not only for noise abatement, and as people have dogs and their pets and things that scares them, but also for safety um, as a 
volunteer firefighter and a firefighter here in Princeton, I've responded numerous, and I was also a county fire marshal, numerous, numerous structure fires caused by fireworks where you have the, uh, because it's just like a fire in a, a firearm, whenever you shoot up in the air, that debris's got to come back down somewhere. And sometimes it comes back down as burning embers. And right. they, they get on people's houses, especially if you had uh, wood shingles. Fortunately, we don't have wood shingles here in, in Princeton. But if they came down wood shingles or dry grass, which we have lots of the, our grass and vegetation, we've had some freezing weather. We've had uh, the grass is dormant, the vegetation is dormant. Comes down there, starts a grass fire. Next thing you know, you have a structure fire. Gotcha. So if you're just tuning in, I just want to remind you that we are speaking with Mayor Pro Tem for the city of Princeton, Steve Deffenbaugh. Steve, will you stay with us? I want to come back. There are other things I want to talk to you about, businesses that could be coming in 2022 and more. So you'll stay with us? I will. We'll be back with more right after this. Thank you for listening to Eye on Princeton, a podcast focused on the happenings in Princeton, Texas. We always welcome your feedback, ideas, suggestions, comments, or questions by email to mitchellchase at mitchellmchase.com. Until next time, blessings to you and yours. Ion Princeton is produced by Chase Productions. Copyright 2022.